0: This is NRL Boom Rookies.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies, presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello,
2: a hearty fins up to you and yours. Ah. Oh.
1: Look, we'd normally attack these games in chronological order, Nick, but we have to start there at Suncorp Stadium Sunday afternoon. The the Dolphins, who various broadcasters were just calling Redcliffe anyway. We're already sort of out on the and in on Redcliffe. They upset the Roosters. They are now officially the most successful team in the history of the NRL with a 100% win rate.
2: I do like how we, the people, decided, you know what? We're just calling them Redcliffe. We're just calling them Redcliffe and there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. So they must be sick up in the... Yeah, that we've taken that away from. But yesterday felt really, really special. Mm. The entire day just felt like it was uh, something, something that we don't see all that often. And I know there's been so much cynicism and criticism of the Dolphins and the the way they've done things. And we like we've played a part in that, you know, like, I picked him to come last. I think you picked him to come second. Yeah, like second last or whatever. And, you know, we whinged about the jerseys and we whinged about the name and we whinged about how it wasn't as exciting as we all hoped. But I got to tell you, man, when they ran out onto that field yesterday for the first time in the big leagues, mm. I kind of I got goosebumps, man. Yeah. It felt really, really cool. It felt like we were watching history happen and we were. And that, that would have been a, a special feeling and that would have been something that would have made yesterday important regardless of what happened on the field. But then to put out a performance like that, knock over a big team a team that a lot of people including me think can win the premiership and doing it like that it was just um, I think it's a game that we'll be talking about for a really long time I think it'll be one of those ones where in 20 years mm. time the Finns will play the Roosters and we'll be in the front bar of some pub and I'll say mate you remember Jermaine remember, Sarko remember How Jermaine Sarko I remember when Felice Cafusi just killed several turned men, into like yeah. a bone chewing psychopath and just like destroyed people remember that first day and yeah that's the that's the thing. They could lose every game from now to the end of the year, but they've got this first day. They've mm-hmm. got this first win and that's that's it's something really special.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here watching the replay as we record this on on Monday afternoon, drinking a delicious vanilla coke. Like it could not have gone better for them. And, and I talked about this on the radio last night. You wrote about it in your column which people should go and read on on the ABC website, but Oh, something that a lot of these people miss when they put together expansion teams in various sports like you look at the Suns and the and the Giants and how they completely failed to resonate in those areas in the AFL it's something that people completely failed to forget is that you can put in all the pathways you want you can do all the community outreach you want you can cordon off parks to be specific for your sport you can do all that stuff it doesn't matter if the team wins three games in three years you've got to win you've you got to win games that's the only thing that really matters and right now like that is just going to ignite them for next week and just going forward in general and it's a perfect result for the NRL. It's a dream result for the Dolphins. No one gave them much of a chance to win this game. But I mean, where do you want to start? Can we start with Felice Cafusi? That was the best game he's played in about three years. Do you want to start with Jermaine Osaka, who looked every bit the player some Broncos fans wanted him to be a couple of years ago? Where Where do you want to start? Well,
2: let's 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 start with Kafusi because yeah. you know the Arthur Beetson medalist. That that's a that's a special thing because I really do like how the Dolphins have done that. I like how they've sort of leveraged. Their, their Brisbane Rugby League legacy into this into this new side now because it helps them feel old and new at the same time. And that's a really hard balance to strike. Um, and it, it, it felt really important, all the Arthur Beats and stuff that both clubs participated in yesterday. And it's I think it's really fitting that a second rower, which was Artie's position, got best on ground. And I'll tell you what, you, you say it's the best game Felice Kafusi's played in a couple of years. But it was the way that he was playing, because Mm. the best games that he sort of had for the storm over the last couple of years have all sort of been attacking games, where he ran really good lines and got through a few holes and all that. But he was just out for blood yesterday. He was looking to kill people, and that was something that the entire Dolphins team sort of took their cue from. Part of the reason they were able to beat the Roosters is because they just beat them up. Just beat them up all over the field. like Guys like um, Mark Nichols and Tom Gilbert, they really followed Kafusi's example, and the physicality really won him the day, and he helped set the tone for that. And to be honest with you, I did think that him going to the Dolphins was part of his career winding down. But it's clear there's still there's up. still plenty <laughs> in the day. Still, it's it's yet to peak. So, yeah, he was he was one of a number of um, of heroes yesterday. You mentioned Asako. I was really really glad to see him have such a great day because it's been a very tough couple of years for him. Not just not just professionally with his football, but with his life as well. He's had some. Some really tough things that he's been dealing with. His father passed away during COVID, and that was really hard for him and all that. So I was really, really glad to see him have 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 such a have such a day, has such a day out there, you know. And you could see they put up a really good video on Twitter that I watched just now of them doing the team song. That was great, and you and and you see Asako. He's in one of those uh, one of those lays that Islanders make on special mm. occasions and all that, and it was just really good to see such a maligned player have have a real day out like that
1: it is nice and yeah you've got to be happy for everybody involved like my, my, my man Mark Nichols was very good as you said Tom Gilbert fantastic like everyone played well I mean I was had a couple of rookie moments like that kickoff was not great but you know he's it was his literally his first game in the NRL and and he had some very nice touches as well I thought there wasn't anyone I think that can't hold their head high after that performance but on the flip side, I'm just wondering how you feel about this because I don't think anyone, whilst it is an amazing result for the Dolphins and Roosters fans should feel a little bit embarrassed by it, they shouldn't be worried,
2: should they? The Roosters? Yeah. No, but I don't want to talk about the Roosters yet. No. Let's stick true. with the fans. You talked about Katoa there and like there were a couple of rookie moments, but there were also a couple of touches that he had that I thought showed a whole lot of class. and the. Mm. The most obvious one is probably on that first Jermaine try. If You go back and watch the replay. Watch how Katoa controls the tempo of his running as he goes up towards the line. It's really, really classy, advanced playmaker stuff. You know what I mean? And there were other times where he did look like a kid playing in his first first grade game. But there were other times where you could really, really see why the Dolphins went so hard to get him and why so many people are so excited about him.
1: Yeah, uh, he was class. I mean, yeah, as you said, you know, was rated the top teenager in rugby league for a year. Top teen. Top teen for a year and a half or so before he made his debut yesterday. And yeah, there's plenty to like. Plenty to like. And and, and, you know, going forward, will they... This shouldn't transform people's opinions too drastically. It was their first game. Wayne it was always going to get them fired up. Does this mean they're going to storm their way into the top four? Probably not, but they're always going to have this day. And we're always going to talk about this game. As you said, 20 years time, we'll remember this day. And it... You only get to make history once, as you wrote today. That's right. And and I just cannot be happier for them.
2: I can't either. And I'm like, you know, Jeremy Marshall King had a great game at hooker. He very easily could have been man of the match. Hamiso Fido, who was someone I had a bit of a question mark on Mm. because I wasn't sure about his motor as a fullback. I thought he was really, really good, really busy, which I really like to see. My dude, Brenko Lee... Just does it, just wins, man. <laughs> Although he was absolutely just running
1: in quicksand when he got that breakaway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I, t- I tell you, man, between this and that Origin decider in twenty twenty, yeah, Brinko in big games at Suncorp, yeah, he simply doesn't lose.
1: And he probably I, I, at one point he turned and pointed at Corey Allen on the bench that you could have been a part of.
2: You could have. Corey um, and Corey Allen dropped his head in shame. He knew what he'd done. <laughs>
1: yeah, Marshall King though, it's bizarre. Like he, it seemed like it was weird, right? He's a guy who's gotten better every year he's been in the NRL. And it seemed like he really hit career best form last year after it was confirmed that Reed Marnie was going to the Dogs and after he'd already signed for the Dolphins. And, you know, people were sort of like, oh, is this just a storm in the teacup? You, you know, sometimes guys play well for a few weeks and that's it. But he was fantastic. Yeah, he was He was, was very close to the best player on the ground in this game. And if he can sustain that level that we saw in the back half of last year and that we saw yesterday, I mean, suddenly their spine's looking a lot better. People gave it credit for even... A week ago,
2: yeah. Well, Sean O'Sullivan was really tidy as well yesterday, mm. and he's—I he, think—he's a player who's always just going to be a really tidy yeah. halfback for the like for the next for the next ten years. Just knows how to get him around the park, knows what to do. Nice little kicking game and all that. His short ball to Connolly Lemuelu was really strong. I really—I want to touch on Lemuelu, Lemuelu really quickly because yeah. he is a signing that intrigued me a little bit. I quite liked his move to the back row last season for North Queensland. Before that, he was a sort of center winger, and I didn't have much wraps on him, but I think he's st- he's sort of part of a trend that we're going to see a little bit more. I think we're going to see more and more center wingers become back rowers because the position is becoming a lot more like a center in terms yeah, of the strike absolutely. you need from that position. And you get a guy like Lemuelu who was like a slow middling center, or, but he'd be one of the quicker back rowers in the competition now. And if you get him one-on-one with anyone, like O'Sullivan was able to do yesterday, getting him one-on-one with, with Sammy Walker turns him into a real, a real weapon. So just absolutely like A-plus across the board for the Finns. Finns up, man. And I'm delighted to announce that somehow yep. they've become the team of the podcast, team uh, of the show. It's true. I, ne- I never would I never would have guessed it, uh, but th- but they were right in front of us we'll this whole time. We'll get to
1: it time. later, but there's no way the West Tigers are getting it after yesterday. No,
2: nah, it's over. It's, it's over. over. It is over.
1: Um, and, you know, whilst we are both delighted, we are butt neutral sitting on the sidelines here. But I did manage to jump on the blower with our good friend NRL physio Brian Seney last night after he got home from the game. So let's hear quickly from him. And joining me, Sunday night, instant reactions, uh, NRL physio, Brian Seney. Welcome back. Uh, second second time in two weeks. And um, the Dolphins are officially the most successful team in the history of the NRL with a 100% win
3: rate. Mate, just go back and listen to the last time I was on and ignore everything I said because the <laughs> Finns are winning the comp. And that's, look, that's just where we're at. That, they were good. They, they
1: were, look, there's just... I mean, can you pick a best player in that performance? I thought, I thought Cafuci had his best game in about three yeah. years. I thought the rest of the forwards dug deep. I thought the outside backs did enough. I thought Katoa didn't overplay his hand too much, had a couple of young, young rookie ish mistakes, but it was overall pretty solid. I mean, have you taken it all in yet?
3: Mates, uh I'll I'll preface this by saying I did go to the game with my three-year-old daughter. Um, and in the first half, yeah, look, my attention on the game was probably a bit minimal because I was here, there, and everywhere. But I would say I, I definitely got to see all of the second half, which was obviously fantastic timing for me. But I think Cafusi, as you said, like I didn't think he still had that in him. No, but just bonkers to see. Nikki, uh, and I like never thought I'd say this either, but Jermaine Sarko mate, like he Had a great was game. just bringing back- Had a great game. Oh, like, I don't know. Like obviously the emotion um, would have been really huge. And I know a lot of the old boys were in there you know, in the sheds and presenting the jerseys and talking them up and tears in the eyes and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be obviously, you know, now hopefully they can keep it going. But uh, yeah, like just some guys who, I ha- like, as you said, like you haven't seen a game like that from Kafusi in three years. There's probably three or four blokes I could mm-hmm. point to and say the same about. They just really brought it. And, you know, Tommy Gilbert was really, really good. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I'm just... I thought it was fan- like, yeah, it was over the moon. Fantastic. Just way above any expectations that I had. What does this do now? It's, I know it's only one game. We're
1: not going to get ahead of ourselves, but what does this do? Because we, I, I was, I got asked to go on the radio a couple of hours ago and talked about expansion franchises and how like nothing really matters anywhere near as much as whether the team wins or loses games. So what is this going to do for the dolphins growth? The fact that they've got this huge opening round statement win against a competition heavyweight going into their next few games like surely this is going to just drive interest through the absolute roof
3: well that's the thing mate like if you listen to me come on here a couple of weeks ago i just said i just need footy like Mm. i needed footy to get me away from all the off-field stuff because the off-field stuff wasn't exactly doing much for me and i don't think it was probably doing the maximum it could have But this just, you know, it gets the buzz going. Like, you know, even people who aren't fans of the club, you know, are kind of going, how cool is that? You know, it's probably a really good opportunity because it was the Roosters and a lot of people don't like the Roosters. So, you know, the Dolphins beating the Roosters, all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, how good is that? You know, love to see the Roosters lose, but also the new team win and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think it and and it's good for supporters too because, like, while there was a lot of optimistic sort supporters, I'm sure there was a lot like me who were just kind of like, yeah. oh, you know, happy to be there. Um, you know, how good is it that we're in the NRL? I did not think we had a performance like that in us at all. I mean, mate, relevant to your listeners, I'm I've never been happier to fuck up my culture. Do, do
1: you do you know how much percentage of that. the competition had the Roosters today? So so we've got over 150 players and um, more than a hundred had the roosters.
3: (laughs) And one was me, and I couldn't be happier, mate. And
1: another was me, and I am also delighted. Yeah,
3: yeah, I just think it's going to, yeah. Like, it it just gives, they needed that, or they needed something, because as I said, there was a lot of other stuff off-field that mm. did give you that, that didn't give that excitement. They don't have a marquee player that everyone kind of went, oh, my God, like, I'm so keen to see Cameron Munster in a Dolphins jersey. Well, they do.
1: His name's Jermaine Osaka. Yeah, well,
3: that's (laughs) but yeah it just gets you up and about it gets you excited and yeah i i'm just yeah i, I just needed footy and then now i've got it and it's great yeah mate um
1: we'll 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 come back in a in a couple of weeks time and do a proper sort of i guess re-examination of the dolphins after a few weeks but i just wanted to get you on for a few minutes just to soak in you mentioned you took your, your little girl there you said uh, you, you had to you had to wait a couple of minutes to come on here with me because you were putting it to bed. You were so excited. I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Like them being good, them winning games is so important to just sucking that next generation of fans in.
3: Oh, mate, we got home and I, I tweeted about it. And I wasn't just tweeting. It didn't happen in the year. We, we literally got home and she's just like, can we play footy? And we just, I got down on my knees and we played footy for half an hour. And she's going, I'm the dolphins and I'm going to score and I'm going to win, you know, and like that kind of stuff. That's so, like, she's only three. And like, to see that. Like, you know, your heart's full as a dad, as a footy fan. as a, Yeah, it's just super awesome stuff. So, yeah, like couldn't be happier.
1: You had to put a couple of brute big hits on her to keep her honest.
3: Right. Though. <laughs> you can't. You can't be letting kids, none of this participation award stuff. mate. you got to <laughs> put her in her place and let her. She's got to earn it. I'm
1: sure you made Felice Kafusi proud.
3: <laughs> and may I also add that the chance around the ground multiple times in the game were red cliff. Oh,
1: I was going to mention that to you as well. So on the radio and on channel nine, they were just calling the red cliff. Mm-hmm. And I reckon within a couple of years, they're just going to go back on this and just call them. Like, red cliff. Seriously.
3: Clippers. Like it yeah. just, I was just like, this is hilarious. If it-
1: we all just ignore That's- it, it will change.
3: It was so good. I was yeah. like, this is fantastic.
1: All right, mate. Well, you go watch the full match replay right yes. now. No KO Mini tonight. Give yourself the full serving and we'll see you later. That's Energy Offizio Brian City. Say goodbye. See you guys.
2: Yeah. Lovely, lovely stuff from from Big Bri. The story about his daughter running around saying, I'm the dolphins, I'm the dolphins. That's great. That will, that will warm any old cynics, mm. any old cynics heart. And he's someone that I was really, really happy for. He's he's the only guy I know who was like an old school yeah, yeah. BRL Redcliffe man. And he put a great photo up on his Twitter yesterday morning. All the of jerseys all, on the Hill's hoist. Uh, yeah, of, all, of all the jerseys he's got. He's got about 30 of them and, and had him, h- hung them all up. And he and he had a great photo of him and his kids. And they were all in Dolphins jerseys as well. And I was so I was really happy for, for guys like him who have, have been searching for a team like this their whole lives. And they finally get it. And... You know, it doesn't matter. It, I do think it doesn't matter as much now what happens no. to the Finns for the rest of the season because they'll always have yesterday, you know. Yeah. But if you do look forward, they're playing their first game at Redcliffe on Saturday against the Raiders. That is going to be, a, gonna sell out that is gonna be a
3: madhouse. Yeah,
2: And then that game against the Broncos in a couple of weeks. Ooh. I might fly up for that one. That's, that's looking, he, that's looking I good. I did want to talk
1: about that briefly before we moved on to talk about the Roosters because that, that is the biggest... Like We talked about how success is the biggest driver for a new team. But the other thing is having someone to bounce off. The reason why the Western Sydney Wanderers were so successful in the A League is a because they came in and won, and b because they came in and immediately had a rivalry with Sydney FC that became, honestly, I mean this sincerely, people might not believe me because it's been a few years now, but was the hottest derby in Australian sport. It for was. A it of was years there. Ab- If like, you don't count Origin, of course. But e-
2: even I, noted soccer non-liker, mm. even I would keep track of who was winning the Sydney derbies. Even yep. I would know when they were on, who was playing, who was playing well. Because it got so big yeah. that it sort of broke out just out of the confines and- of its own sport. And that's a really rare thing.
1: Yeah, and you don't, like, Melbourne City might be successful, but they don't really have a, a strong fan base, nor does that new team, Western United. And the AFL and the NRL, the AFL in Melbourne and the NRL in Sydney both have the same issue, where there's so many teams that whilst there are rivalries, they can't run as deep as when it's just two teams fighting over one patch of land. And so, if the Dolphins can get their act together and be a successful team over the next couple of years, there's a big chance that that becomes the biggest derby in Australian sport.
2: Well, it, it'll it'll definitely be huge. That one in a few weeks' time is going to be that's going to be a monster. I think it's round four. Because If they're
1: both like, I mean, no disrespect to your beloved Canberra Raiders, but the Dolphins could win that. Dolphins, you know? Oh, dude, Dolphins can have. If, I, if, was, if both of
2: these teams are either like two and one or three and zero oh going into that game, right, oh, that'll be a crazy one. That'll be a crazy one, and I think that's where getting Wayne Bennett will really show its value as well. Mm. Like, obviously, he's still a great coach and all that. He showed that yesterday. He called, pulled off a classic Wayne Bennett ambush mm. that we should have all seen coming, but we <laughs> didn't. Um, but, like, Wayne has a complex relationship with the Broncos. I think that's pretty clear. Um, and you could see in his presser yesterday, he was talking about him just a little bit. He was talking about that first day back in 1988, and he was comparing him just a little bit and and all of that. And, like, you know, they'll ne- the Dolphins will never come out and say that we're taking on the Broncos or whatever because... That's a recipe for disaster, but I think it's I think it's pretty clear how much both team or how much the Dolphins are going to sort of leverage that that rivalry to sort of uh, make them make themselves a, a relevant sports team, not just in mm. Brisbane, not just in Queensland, but across across the country. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 I think I said on the preview show that I was starting to get excited about the Finns, and I got excited over the past week. I'm at fever pitch now, man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm 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 Finns up. Mate, I'm fins up, baby. And, and I'll
1: tell you, the guy pouring a tinny into a fin for a finny, fantastic. Unbelievable. Can't Just call, wait to do some finnies. At bro, Montreal. call
2: me the finny fanatic. I'm oh, loving sure. this. Absolutely. All right, before we move
1: on from this game, we'll briefly talk about the Roosters. As I said, I don't think it's doom and gloom for them yet, but one area of the field I am kind of worried for them is their halves. Luke Keery's been a shadow of his former self for a couple of years now. All the head knocks and all the injuries haven't helped and I don't think... Sam Walker really made any great strides last year after his rookie season and he was again poor in this game. Again, it's one game. It doesn't matter. They might come out and put 40 on the Warriors this week.
2: But is that an area of
1: concern for you? Are there any areas of concern for you or is it just
2: they got ambushed? Oh, I I think they got ambushed a little bit. You know, like we shouldn't be surprised to see them start a season. No. Slowly, in all three of their premiership years in the last decade, they lost their first game of the season. In 2018, the first game of the year, they lost to the Tigers in that 10-8 game where Tui Lolahia kicked the sideline conversion really late so i don't think it's doom i think don't think it's doom and gloom they always start pretty slowly they always take a few weeks to figure out their best 17 because i think a lot of the time there's guys who are really good trainers in the offseason who maybe aren't the best fit for the for the team once they get on the field and you've got to sort of work through all that and everything like that i think walker will get there i'm, a, I'm really high on walker I, I think i rate him a lot a lot a lot more than you do and i do think you'll get i think that kiri's the one that sort of worries me a little bit you know it is it is just one game it's not doom and gloom i'm pretty sure they'll be fine but i would like to see them rebound and and put a bit of a score on the warriors i, I do
1: trust headgeared Kyrie slightly more i can't oh, see. It. I, I
2: was i was i was really grappling with that yesterday because normally when someone adopts the headgear late in their career i really really like it mm. but i just don't know if it suits him it makes him look like a park footy player <laughs> like he looks he looks Maybe like he looks I like, like he looks like he's going to line up Against me when I play for Peters, I'm like he's going to play inside centre for Hunters Hill fourth grade. You think or something you can put like a shot that. in, Kiri. Yeah. His suburban rugby union equivalent, yes. <laughs>
1: no, him himself. Him himself. Playing <laughs> for like him himself. Like <laughs> him himself?
2: No Now, like now that I've made it, so I made a come come back to playing footy a couple of years ago, and it's really just like you know lower grade stuff. It's third grade, fourth grade, second grade. It's nothing huge. But I do think all the time about the time that Junior Paulo played fifth grade for Because it could somehow Because imagine if something like that happened now and yeah. I ran out there and junior Paulo just destroyed me. Yeah. I'd have to be hosed off the, the camper down there park turf? That?
1: How seriously did he take it? Does anyone know? Probably not very. But.
2: I don't know. I think he would have taken it relatively no, seriously. I think he's
1: just out there trying to flick passes and stuff. But
2: I'd know. like to think so. I something. don't I don't know, man. I think Maybe. I think the Usos asked him to play and he was like, I gotta do my best for him. Yeah.
1: And we mentioned the Warriors there. Let's jump all the way back to Friday night. They got their season off to a flyer with a twenty to twelve win over the night. So they left it late. Wade Egan sealing the deal in the final 10 minutes. Uh, Campo, what did you make of this one? Lachlan Fitzgibbon got the uh, the Knights, I should say, off to a dream start. But after that, they once again were a bit laborious in attack, I thought.
2: Yeah, they were. They were. But I do want to start on the Warriors because I think there was a lot to like about mm. that performance. And I do think it's funny that just about everybody who has ever had any association with the Penrith Rugby League club, so the Panthers coaches, the Panthers players, the ex-Panthers players who are all now at Canterbury, the ex-Penrith coaches who are all at Canterbury, Everybody associated with the Panthers had a really bad weekend, except for Andrew Webster. Yep, Andrew Webster, the most unheralded one of the bunch, gets a win in his in his in his first game with New Zealand, and I thought there was some really promising signs for them. I, I was having a hunt around this morning, but I couldn't track it down. I wanted to look at how many decoys they ran because it felt to me watching them there was a lot of off-ball movement. Um, all through the game and I think that augurs really well for their attacking approach through the rest of the season. I thought Jackson Ford, who's someone we talked about a little bit in the Warriors preview, was really strong on that left edge. I... In, that's another one where, in hindsight, we should have seen that coming. Like, if you got if you're a back rower and you're outside Sean Johnson and you run pretty good lines, you're gonna get a lot of ball and you're probably gonna get a fair bit of it in space. But I really liked his work. Um, I thought Nickel Klukstad was fantastic at yep. fullback. It actually made me sad because a bit like Hodgson on Thursday night, we got the full chance. Nickel Klukstad experience like dropped that first bomb and I thought, oh, could be in trouble here because he had a bit of trouble under the high ball last year with the Raiders, but. Then he just did all the stuff that he always does. He sort of led with his effort and his energy and his intensity from the back. And I think you could see how much his defensive organization and how much his defensive energy really helped the Warriors, especially late on when the Knights were sort of knocking down the door a little bit. And Nicol Kludstad made that great try-saver on Ponga. And there was a good tackle that he helped with in the corner. And he's slapping guys on the back and screaming. And, dude, I was just watching watching on the couch and I was ready to bust out a harker. Like, Mm. I was... I was up for it, man. So I think there's some really good signs for the Warriors. Tohu Harris, really strong in the middle as well. That ball for Mitch Barnett was really nice. Some really good stuff going on over there. Uh, We played Aurora ball on Friday night and I had Bunty a foul. Setting the tone. Awful. Setting the tone. worst possible start for me. (laughs) I believe believe you said, this is the worst day of my life. I did. And I, I meant it. What did you make of Ponga at 5'8? Yeah, look, I, I think, it, like,
1: again, I don't know if we, we can jump to any conclusions after a week. I think it's a necessary move for them if they want to evolve as a football team. Had a couple of nice moments. We didn't get the full Pong experience. You know, we had the HI incident, which we'll get to in the news section later. Is that
2: part of the Ponga experience? At this Actually, point? that's, that, you know what?
1: That's <laughs> that's a reasonable. Point. bugger. That is not great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, mate, I need to see a few more games first. Um, tough tough assignment first up. I know it's the Warriors and they weren't particularly good last year, but still going over there is, is always tough, especially when you're a team like the Knights who hasn't had a lot of success in, like, last year for sure and not really a whole bunch before that. I know they made the finals, but
2: yeah, uh, I need a couple more games to make an opinion, but I thought he was fine. It reminded me a lot of the first time he went to 5-8 <laughs> back, in, back in 2019 yep. where... He had a couple of really good touches that were just, that were good because he's just such a talented attacking player. So like yeah. that's what the Fitzgibbon tricep was for me. And when he sort of knifed through the middle of the field and he uh, laid on, he looked like he was going to score before Nickel Klukstad made that really good tackle. Those were just really good footy plays that he would have he would have made regardless of mm. what position he was playing. But I thought Shane Flanagan had a really interesting point on, on on commentary for this game. He was talking about how someone from the Knights, I think it was one of the Safidis, had a really good surge up the middle and Ponga was on his hip, supporting him like a fullback does. And Flanagan sort of said, he goes like, you like to see him pushing up, but also he's got to understand that that's not really his job anymore. His job is to set the structural integrity for that entire left edge. You know, you need someone there who's going to really be the rock on which the rest of the edge... Is built, so you need the guy who's going to be there all the time, or whatever. And different different teams use different guys for that. Some guys use use their use their back rower who's running good underslines, and they build everything around him. Some teams just have their half there, and he just bosses everyone around. But you do need someone there. And I thought that was a really perceptive point because to me, the Knights' attack looked really rattles in this one. I thought yeah. they really struggled to connect the ball on both sides of the field. Lockie Miller ran the ball really well, worked really hard out of the backfield, but he didn't really look comfortable in shape. And I think they were sort of looking to have him mainly as the as the second receiver on the right-hand side. So I think that's that's the big struggle for for me with Ponga going forward, that he's going to have to set the tone for that entire edge. He's going to have to do a lot more organising. And I, that's not 100% what I would want from his game. I would, I would want him to sort of roam around the field and take the chances as he saw them, not pointing around telling other guys what to do. I know Jackson Hastings is there as the primary organiser. But Pong has got to do at least a little bit of it, you know, because Hastings can't run the entire field on his own. So yeah, it's only it's only one game, but yeah, I, I, I thought I thought I thought there there are, there are definitely some things that you'd like to see him sort of work on and and, and figure out. I mean, as we go on,
1: they have a real like they've got the Tigers at Lycat this week, and then two home games against the Dolphins and the Raiders. So like, not the toughest start of the season. They've got a few weeks to try and sort that stuff out, yep. and, and get serious. So we'll see what happens. Um, Penrith 12, Brisbane 13, our first real shock results of the year, and our editor-at-large requested an opening tirade.
0: As the great man Kevi Walters said, it wasn't an upset. The Broncos top forward tour, baby. I told you last week, I warned you, it was coming. Started earlier than you expected. Round one, Bluebet Stadium, their third loss there in the an NRL game in three years, and one of those losses over the origin period, it's not real. Only Panthers' a ninth loss in, if you include that World Club Challenge, in those three years as well. The Broncos 13, the Panthers 12, without our sweet prince, Reese Walsh. And really a team that felt you know, comfortable for the majority of the 80 minutes. Don't listen to what that soothsayer Nick Canton says to you. All the country folks in us can't cover up that Broncos coming 27th pick. Yeah, this season, the real ones knew, the real ones listened. This team is legit this season. And I know they started last season as well as this, but after this game, they could go home for five weeks now then pop down to the Gold Coast, a little trip to Darwin, then back to Suncorp for God knows how long. But on a serious level, it it was a really great way to start the season for the Broncos. You know, Herbie Farmworth really did rub it in. Just what a player they're losing in Herbie. But it was great to see, as we said, that settled feeling of that pre-season that felt like. And you can really see that, that Payne Haas doesn't look to be carrying anything into this season, for example. And Paddy Carrigan looks to be taking another step forward as the player he was. But other guys as well. Ezra Mann, who for some reason is the least talked about young half in the competition. So I'm going to fix that by any time I feature on here, I'm going to talk about him. He said he grew up playing lock because he loved defence and it showed again on this night that he showed his intent with his defence and only a couple of opportunities with the ball and he made a real difference. And he seems to be going on stride for stride and confidence and confidence and he couldn't ask for doing it with a better halves partner than, than Adam Reynolds who really steered the boys around the night. And the strange thing about this game for Reynolds is that they ran at him all night and he, and he did his job. He made 27 tackles only missed one of them and that's a bit of a you know a forward stat anyway for for halves, but he was exceptional, his kicking game was fantastic, felt like he was really in control of that one and that's a game that we know the Broncos over a number of years would lose that game, not only did he get that lead and and you know and hold that lead despite shooting themselves in the foot with multiple areas in the second half, uh, Reynolds sealed it with a fantastic field goal play that made it look easy. And the, the Panthers did score. It looked like Sonny Luke. I thought when he'd come on, he'd probably score or crack them open because of just how easy Mitch Kenny made it around the ruck for the Broncos to defend. And he did do that, and he looked okay. But they've got a real problem there, obviously, the Panthers. But I'm, I'm on here to talk about the Panthers. So I think they'll be fine. It'll take a few weeks to figure out that, you know, Kickow kick-out is not there, Kenny is there. they have to figure that stuff out, but... Brisbane really did get that machine rolling. They looked to be back to what was working for them last year. They had Flegman come off the bench. They had Corey Pace come off the bench, and then Billy, obviously, start. And that was what worked last year. And then people... probably don't want to see Billy there. He did his job. And, you know, someone... People would say he had a tough night fullback, and he did. And he did make some, some real poor mistakes with... with when he getting dragged out, seemingly every time he ran the ball. But the one thing you see with, with him back there, when he's the, the fill-in fullback over what you sell from guys like that testing you in that jersey for Brisbane as you saw in 10 and whilst he kept making mistakes he was attacking the football the whole night and that's what you like to see and he should have understood the conditions a bit better and not got Dragan to touch as many times as he did but I thought the intent was great and and whilst the, the mistakes are not what you want to see from the fullback at least it makes you feel like if he fills in again he'll attack the ball uh, but. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, it was not an upset to me, you know, Coltrane Cup picked them, and I don't really get the glory of rubbing that in anyone's face now because I'm, I'm no longer a host of the show, but Coltrane Cup picked the boys, had the faith in them, uh, yeah, they got they got it done, and, you know, we'll see for a few weeks now to prove how right I am and how wrong Nick Canton was that this team would be bankrupt by the financial year, because apparently they're, they're ready to actually make millions, and, yeah, just uh, it looks like a team poised, and it felt like in this this game, it felt like two teams were either playing an intensity that other sides aren't ready yet at the start of the season. i do not know if that's a good thing or a bad thing yet, but hopefully the Brisbane hold up throughout the year. It was a good win. You're not getting the full bronc on here than what I expected because again, I went into this game thinking they could win this football game, and they played to their best, not to their best, sorry. They defended their best, played like a like a team, and looked like that's a good base to build upon and it's only one round, but they go home, and I don't think the draw is easy, because there never is an easy draw. You know, that there's, sorry, I want to say, early in the season, as teams usually come correct. Later in the year, you can obviously always catch them. some easy games, but they go home, play the Cowboys this week, always a horse shot the Cowboys' ass in that game, so I'm not putting that in the, in the win column yet. They play the Dragons, the Dolphins, and the Tigers at some corp, and I'm not taking any of those games for granted. So uh, it should be an easy run, but the Brisbane – sorry, it should be a decent run, but Brisbane could come out of that run with five wins or so before round seven. That would be a great way to start their season. But just happy to see them get one on the board early, play like the team. We know they're capable of being, and hopefully we see more, more from here. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Goodbye, Mitchell.
2: Okay, so we, I haven't actually heard this opening tirade yet, but I am going to guarantee – That had had at least a couple of shots at me for not picking the Broncos in my eight because he he really hates you. Yeah, he's really, really off me at the moment. Support it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Brizzy, Brizzy was just fantastic in this one. I like. I was a little bit worried when Penrith went in for that first try because it did look really, really easy. And I thought, oh, geez, they're in a bit of a mood tonight. But Brizzy just sort of stayed on the job, played really, really tough, played really physical the whole game. And you've kind of got to do that with Penrith. You've got to stand up to them. Mm-hmm. You can't let them knock you around because they can. Then they can knock nearly everybody around. You know, even guys like um, Ezra Mem who had a great all-round game, but his defence was was fantastic. I saw someone sharing the anecdote that growing up, he, Ezra Mem played fullback, but then ended up playing lock instead because he just liked tackling so much. So and he and he his 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 physicality in defence was mm. really helped set the tone for the entire team. Adam Reynolds was fantastic, just steering them around, playing great wet weather footy. Herbie Farnworth was really strong, you know, really gave them that tackle-busting presence on the edge. And yeah, I was I just couldn't have been more impressed with the way that Brisbane really just stood their ground and yeah and and managed to go blow for blow for Penrith because that's really not easy, you know. Since Penrith have become Penrith when since they sort of ascended at the start of twenty twenty. The, the, only one team's beaten them at, at Penrith Stadium and that's Parramatta yeah. so Brisbane are the first the first team in what nearly four seasons other than Parramatta to lower Penrith's colours at home it's huge and we, it's, it's massive
1: we, we, I think I said briefly on the Friday show that the, only, the the way that I could see an upset coming in this game for Brisbane was the way that their forward pack holds its own against anyone even one as respected and as vaunted as Penrith and they absolutely did that Payne Haas was tremendous Trick Carrigan Flegler like all had great games and you know, is it just going to be a case of Penrith don't have Appy Coruscant and Bill Kikau anymore, and that's actually a lot of a bigger deal than a lot of people made it
2: out to be. Oh, it's definitely a big deal. Even if they recover and turn into a different kind of team, it's still a big deal. They miss those, but they miss both those guys terribly. You know, I, I wouldn't be panicking if I was mm. a Panthers fan because even though even though they got done here, like Liam Martin dropped a ball all over the line. Um, Stephen Crichton buggered up a pass to Brian Tottenham that would have had him score a try. Yeah. Um, Jerome Luai had that sort of bust late where every single part of him except the ball ended up over the line. So like there were a couple of chances that they could have been more clinical on. Reminded me a little bit of that Souths Penrith uh, semi-final in 2021 where Penrith had a lot of chances, but they were just so frantic and yeah. not used to having to chase a game mm. that they kind of just buggered up the execution. So I think with Mitch Kenny in there and, and and with whoever's going to play on that edge because I wasn't that convinced by Luke Garner to be, to be perfectly honest with you. I think they're just going to have to be super clinical. They're not going to create as many chances which then puts a greater onus on executing the chances that they do have. One change that I would really like to see ASAP is more minutes for Sonny Luke. Yep. He was someone we talked about in our Panthers preview. He's he's a lot more of the Apicorosau type than Mitch Kenny is. And Mitch Kenny is good at what he does. He's good at smashing people and being physical and all that, quite rugged in the in the opening 20 minutes of the match or whatever. But I think that's when Sonny Luke's got to come on because you could see once he came on with 20 minutes to go, the pa- Penrith's attack like totally shifted and they looked a lot more like the yep. Penrith that we've come to know, but they just sort of got a little bit frantic and couldn't, couldn't quite work it out. So, and I think that'll change. I think that that could change as soon as as soon as this week. <laughs> I Bit did more enjoy for some Sonny people Luke.
1: calling him Young Sonny Luke or the kid. And it's like, yeah, that was funny. Just because you don't know who he is doesn't mean he's like he's actually
2: he's actually got a great story. I, so I did a piece on him after his debut against Canberra last year, and he was part of that twenty fifteen um, Holden Cup side that won the premiership. There's I can't don't have the team in front of me, but I know Fisher Harris was in that team. Harrower and was on that team. Pretty sure Dylan Edwards was on that team. So a lot of the guys who have gone on to play a lot of first grade, got their start in that side. And he was the halfback and he was sort of like one of the gun players, but then just had a really bad run with injury. And mm. in 2021, he was playing Ron Massey Cup. So he was playing the th- like the third tier of senior rugby league. He was playing for Windsor against, you know, shout Mounties to the, to and Belrose and Asquith yep. and all of them. So to come up to come up to now and, and be, you know, a really important player for a team with Premiership aspirations, mm. it's, it's really good to see.
1: Yeah. Um, but look, again, like... Brisbane, for all their problems in the last couple of years, have always matched up well stylistically against Penrith. So I don't know. Again, it's one game. I wouldn't panic too much. Big game coming this Thursday against Souths for the Panthers. And that's, that's a monster. Another big test. Uh, moving on to Saturday. Not the greatest start to the Cameron Serraldo era. Campo uh, well beaten by a manly team who looked pretty damn solid.
2: I was so disappointed with Canterbury. They I really, really was. Poor. I they they just looked so they looked so sloppy. Mm. They didn't they didn't really look ready, you know and. There were a couple of guys who I had really high expectations for that that, that just didn't quite match. Them. Like, so Ryan Sutton, I thought was 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 quite bad, you know. And I, he's someone who I rate really really highly, but I just didn't think he brought his best footy at all. It was what, probably one, it was one of the toughest games I've ever seen Billy Army kick out play. Like mm. he had a shocker, and he had a shocker because he got physically overwhelmed by Helmore Olakawatu. I have never seen Philly Army kicker get physically Great overwhelmed kick, to that extent. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well that, that that plays into what I think was the biggest problem with Canterbury, which, which was Matt Burton. Yep. He had just he just had a bludger.
1: I look, I don't want to say I don't want to act like I'm not a fan of Matt Burton. I am, but I do think that he has been crowned a little bit prematurely since he left Penrith. I didn't think he had a particularly fantastic year last year. I thought beyond the glorious bombs. He hasn't really shown that attacking repertoire that he's getting a lot of credit for. And I I do think we need to see him make step up another level or two before we start acting like this guy is one of the elite playmakers in the NRL. Or...
2: I will push back cuz I thought he was good last year. I but I but he is still developing. Yeah. As a I don't playmaker think he's a I th- product. No, I think he's he, incredibly He's, he's not he's not yet what he'll become. Exactly. I, I thought I thought part of the problem was cuz a lot of Dogs fans are going after Kyle Flanagan, right, right? As as they all want to do, but I actually thought part of the problem was I thought Matt Burton was trying to play too much of an organizing mm. role. Yep. And it just I to me it just didn't it just didn't really suit him and Reed Reed Marnie was good at dummy half. He's someone who could really hold their head high. But Cameron Ceraldo mentioned after the match that there were some attacking options that the team took that were um inexcusable. Yeah. And I just want to run you through a really quick passage. So again, Reed Marnie had a great game. This is not a shot at Reed Marnie or anything like that. So it was about maybe 20 minutes to go, okay? And the Bulldogs were down 18-6, which is tough but manageable. You know, you can come back from 18-6 down. And they just weathered a bit of they weathered a bit of, they weathered a bit of defensive pressure on their own line, and then Jacob Kiroz snagged a loose ball and it was zero tackle and all that, and they had three really good carries in a row. It was tackle two and they are on halfway, and Reid Marnie kicked early into the corner. And it wasn't a bad kick, right? And the, the thinking behind the tactic was sound, right? Hot day, turn around the forwards, make them work it out of their own end. But it was also like, mate, you've barely had the ball for the last 20 minutes, and you've had not had any roll on in that time, so you've got to run this set out and just sort of get the ball down there. You know, they went down there. They pinned Tr- Tom Trabojevic in the corner. It took the manly forwards two tackles to get on side. On the third tackle, Taniela Paseka busted straight through. Cherry Evans scored under the post t- two seconds later, and the game was gone. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's just little, it's just little things like that. I, I felt like they p- didn't play with a whole lot of direction, and you know yeah. that, that's something I think they need more of from Flanagan and and, and from Burton a little bit as well. But yeah, it just just the balance didn't look I right did at
1: enjoy, all. I did enjoy. We got our first like. Ref's fault incident of the year that definitely did not affect the outcome of the game with the Kyle Flanagan simbin, which I did not think was a simbin, but you lost by twenty five points, guys. It was, was, yeah. I didn't think it was a simbin either. No
2: way. But you know, Manly, Manly were really strong. They were really, you know, Taniela Paseka was someone that Joey Barton talked about on our Manly preview. He was really, really good. Um, Cherry Evans, who is gonna be playing good footy at halfback until the heat death of the universe. Correct. You know what I mean? Do you think his hair will come back?
1: What's going on there? So they all shaved their yeah. heads
2: for a, for for a charity, right? Thing. Okay. So that's why a lot of them... I,
1: I like turned the game on at kickoff and I saw like him and Turbo both bald and I was like, what? Yeah, that that's why, t- why
2: a lot of them got some rough cuts. But I will okay. tell you what. That, uh, that hairline's heading north. That's, one, that's why I can never do the World's Ghost <laughs> show. <It's laughs> on just what if one. it never comes back.
1: Exactly. I feel you're like yeah. DCE. Uh, he was awesome. And they go as Tom Tavoy, goes, don't they? I don't think he was the best player on the field by any means, but they're just a different team when he's there. Yeah, everyone's they are. Everyone's more relaxed. Everyone's more loose. Everyone's more comfortable. Yeah,
2: it's and just- like I, I think you could tell that he was playing a little bit within himself. To me, he was a little bit pass-happy. Yep. sometimes, and I think well, he got into sp- he got into space at one point. And he didn't really go for the Jets or whatever. Yeah, but
1: I wonder if that's by design. I wonder if they've sort of said to him, "Look, you don't need to go hell for leather for eighty minutes every single week, especially in games where we're comfortably seeing this thing out." So
2: it so. Could, it it could be, it could be, but um, I like he's obviously still working his way back. He's still working, getting confidence in those hamstrings performing under pressure Mm. all the time. So, again, he's another player who's a long way from where he'll be in a month's time or even a week's time or whatever. But I thought the signs were really good. I thought he moved really well. He was really busy. And he does just give them that extra attacking dimension all over the field. So it's good to see him have a a nice comeback game like that. So I watched the first half of the Raiders game against the Cowboys and thought, you should be losing by 40.
1: (laughs) And then I got uh, I, I left the house, I was out watching the game to head to Shark Park. And when we got to Shark Park, I looked at my phone and it was the sixtieth minute and it was eighteen all.
2: What the hell happened? <laughs> okay, so I actually I actually think that in the first half, right, Apart from the many, many errors that just kept putting them under pressure, Canberra weren't actually that bad, mm. you know? The Cowboys control possession well and all that. Well, yeah, really there was well a, that
1: point, that the on the graphic, the Cowboys had 21 sets and you'd had eight. Or yeah, two, yeah. Like, so, like, like for,
2: for the, fir- the first 20 minutes, Canberra barely have the ball at all. North Queensland just set up camp down there. You can't score and, tries without the ball, Nick. I do say that. <laughs> that's big if true. Mm. But, like, so they just sort of set up camp. And, and the three tries that the Cowboys did score, one was just off a nice shift to their left after about maybe three or four sets back to back you know that just happens you know there's not much you can do about those ones sometimes the second one was from a really well placed chad Tanzan kick that no one on the raiders could get to because of how well placed it was and then the third try was off a reece robson kick you know how many kicks Ree- how many times reece robson kicked the ball last year five once okay. <laughs> once five. <laughs> so there's not much you can there's not much you can really do about that's great about any of those so Dip it
1: into the bag of tricks in round one so they were one. down 18-0 oh, but i was
2: like they've actually defended pretty well there's not a whole lot they could have done about any of those tries um and then oh, have you seen the tri- three tries that Canberra scored? Yes. i i i could see the steam coming out of your ears because they were the they were they the were scrappiest the kind of tries. grubbiest tries you've ever seen in your life but that's kind of canberra's bag yeah. they just sort of go hard and hope things work out and Looks sometimes like they do Homer. <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much pretty much and you know there were, there were real limitations in the way Canberra played. I, like, I loved the effort they played with. I loved the toughness. Yeah. And you can learn everything else. Your attacking structures can improve, but you can't. You either have that toughness or you don't. But, you know, they just they played with almost no shape, no structure throughout the entire game, you know. And that was a little bit disappointing. That was part of the reason the Cowboys were able to win. So, the Raiders and Cowboys got into a real set-for-set set grind in the, in the last 15 minutes. And the Raiders made a, a bad mistake where Whiten threw a really good pass to Harley Smith Shields. He looks like he's, he's gone, Either gonna, he's going to get him into a, in a field goal range at the very, very least, he might even score. And he just sort of left the ball behind him. And it was need very much a, you do need the ball. And it was very much a, this guy just hasn't played a lot of footy recently. It was like, he's just not as sharp as he, as he can be. And that's not a shot, it's just a fact, because he just hasn't played enough footy for. Him. And then from that set, the Chad, who, you know. A born winner. born winner, just knows what he's doing out there. Steers him around, kicks the field goal. And that's kind of it. Tom you know?
1: Eden is so strong, by the way. How He's, many times has he, he just shrugged the first tackle?
2: He like? reminds me a lot of Ben Hunt. The way he yeah. runs, the way he runs the ball. You know, I thought he was. Re- I thought he was yeah, he really was impressive. And you know, I, I think the Cowboys might be a little bit disappointed that they didn't put a score on the Raiders. But when you look at the tries, the Raiders scored themselves. Yeah. So one was a bar over, Two others were from scrappy rebounds. There's not much the cows could have done. No, out of out of any of that. You know.
1: Uh, yeah. Look. I was surprised by the closeness of the, the end result. I think both teams gave fairly good accounts themselves. I mean, it is ridiculous to say out loud. You go, oh, the Raiders haven't played badly. But I kind of agree with you. Like, yeah. They they had, by all rights, could have been down by 30 to 40, honestly, with the amount of ball the Cowboys had. And they just they didn't break. They they yep. kept bending and just yeah, a little bit of unluckiness on a couple of those tries. Well, uh,
2: like you guys would have heard on the show last week how I was not really expecting Canberra well, to get a coal training. Like, so, I yeah. thought the Cowboys were gonna kill him. Mm. But when you add in like they had Seb Chris at fullback who worked really hard out of his own end, but sort of struggled to to fit into any sort of attacking shape. They were without Josh Papaliti as well. Uh, Danny Levi was all right in the limited time that he had. Tom Starling had such a weird game because his passing was really bad and I actually thought he really slowed down Canberra's attack, but I also think he played great somehow. <laughs> I can't I can't I can't figure that one out. But there's so much scope for this Canberra team to improve yeah. what they can do in attack. But they've got, they've got that ticker. They've got that ticker. And as long as you've got that, you can build everything else. So it's a funny thing to say after a loss, but I'm a lot more optimistic than I was the week before, you yeah. know?
1: I think as far as losses go, you can come out of that feeling pretty good about yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. And- Speaking and, of feeling good, well, yeah, but also like just and you don't have to worry about being the first team to lose to the Dolphins. Oh just, God,
2: I was so it. worried about that you too. To about that <laughs> you, you might be scrappy
1: underdogs going into that game now.
2: Oh, the markets, yet. Probably. I'll tell you what, yeah. just, up against up against the fat cats from Redcliffe. Yeah, exactly. taking on City Hall.
1: Exactly. All right, Shark Park, Cronulla eighteen, South Sydney twenty seven. Lachlan Ellis is the best halfback in the world.
2: It's the best game I've
1: seen him play. Definitely, um, he got the most Dalian points in the history of one single game
2: with six. <laughs> so, no, he was he was he was really good. Like um, that try saver on Mulitalo was was really good. Like you just love to sort of see that sort of effort. Then he comes down the other end and scores the try. That's I'm thrown over the try on like an unruly drunk. How far would Cam Murray have to carry you for you to score a try?
1: Um, it would have to be like when Nelson
2: picks up Bart.
1: <laughs> and uses him as a, as a as a shield and just runs through everyone. Yeah, but uh, I,
2: yeah. I love I loved I loved how he fitted into the rest of the team's attack. I thought he looked Great. a lot more really comfortable good. um sort of running that right. Great edge. kick
1: for Keon on that try that he bombed
2: as yeah, well. Yeah, really like, really nice stuff. And yeah. I think it's a really promising sign that Souths were able to put on this many points without Latrell Mitchell or Cody Walker absolutely balling well, out. You, like here's a stat for you. Yep. When do you think was the last time the Souths won a game where Cody Walker didn't have a try or a try assist. Uh,
1: wasn't that, didn't, it didn't 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 Souths have that weird start to the season? Either last year or the year before, where he didn't get a try assist like round five. So I'm going to say two years ago. Yeah, I was going to say then. Yeah,
2: it actually wasn't. It, yeah. <laughs> it actually wasn't. It was like a round twenty three game last year. But the fact that you took that one hook line and sinker, oh, well, it tells you. It tells I don't remember, you. It was Good Friday. And he was first. He it got tells. First it try tells you. It year. tells you how important sort of Walker is yeah. to their attack. So to see it work that well without him and Trell being heavily involved, that's a really, yeah, really good Yeah, did you see that?
1: Some guy on Reddit who was not me made this really nice infographic of every try Alex Johnston scored. Do you know how many tries he scored against the Sharks in his career? Not many. Three. Yeah. And one of them was at Shark Park last year in that game I went to. So, like, yeah. Um, he didn't have a sniff. But I think what's heartening with that is you talk about that left side, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, and, and AJ, and four tries on the right-hand side. Mm. And that, I think, if South can, can get some sort of... Um, to their attack to the point where teams can't just cheat over to that south left edge and, and put an extra man out there because they know the ball's going that way. That's gigantic. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. It's a real happy learned and, how to putt and, moment. And, and, yeah. And I don't know how much of that is by design or how much of that's just because the sort of crevasse created by the Talakai Matt Moyland Moylan defensive combination is just there for the taking. I, I don't know. But it's really heartening to see a team go away from what works for them so often and have a great deal of success. You know, Isaac Thompson... Bomb a try as well, Keon bomb a try. They looked really sharp and I was very, very impressed because I still think the Sharks are a very good team. To go to a place like Shark Park where they never win, pretty much ever, and score 30-odd points, bomb a couple of tries as well and just look pretty solid. And on top of that, they won the forward battle even though they lost Juniors to toll in the first minute and Jai Arrow after about 20 minutes.
2: I love that Arrow's going to play middle this year. Yeah, I, I think that's the sort of thing. Once, once Arrow's part of that middle rotation... You can credibly talk about Souths as having the best pack in the competition, yep, I agree which is that. which is which is not a small thing at all. I do want to shout out Davi Moali because I thought he was the one and that he really picked took up that sl- shot and got up straight away. Yeah, I thought he was the one that really picked up the slack with Arrow and Tola getting injured, and that's a nice way to pivot into talking about Cronulla who. Yeah. You know they they played some pretty footy and they scored some good tries, but that that forward pack really worries me because once Souths lose lose two guys, two of their best guys, you should mind be you, steamrolling them. Well, you sh- at the very least, you should be able to match them, but not. But it, no, it was Cronulla. Cronulla were the team that that really wilted in the middle of the field, and then you just add in all their errors, and it just. Really, really didn't help matters. So, kind of, it kind of shone a light on yeah. a few of the see, concerns.
1: South made, made 50 meters a set.
2: Yeah, it kind of shone a light on a few of the concerns I do have about Cronulla. There were t- there were a couple of sets there where Souths, who were not known for the yardage of their back five, were making 40 yeah. meters in three. And on top runs. of that, I thought Tricky Trindle had a very good kicking game. Tricky Trindle had a really like, sharp I thought he game. He played
1: really well. I thought a lot of his kicks. Pinned Latrell back. They pinned AJ back. They turned them around. And yeah, I, And despite that, they just lost the yardage battle so badly.
2: I was glad Tricky had a good game because he had a bit of a rough season last mm. year. Um, and But he is really talented. He's someone I've, I've really rated quite highly for a while now. I'm always going to love the Jet crew playing oh, yeah. well. So like him... Will, uh, will Will the King, Kennedy, Sione Cattara, Ronaldo Molotaro. Like, that's just How did the Conor cool Josh
1: Mansour Jets go on Saturday? They won. And oh, they good. won well.
2: Mansour nice. Mansell got over. So oh, well, that's good to see. That's very nice to see. But he looks yeah, good it's... in any
1: jersey, but he looks especially good in that jersey. <laughs> Handsome man. So,
2: yeah, I, that, that that's the thing with Cronulla. I thought a lot of the issues that Cronulla had at the business end of last year sort of raised their head a little bit. And Nico Hines coming back will, oh, will make them better lot, and all but... that. And once Royce Hunt comes back, their forward pack will be a lot better. But... I do worry about their left-hand side defensively. Well, like that's a big, big problem. Well, that's the thing that like Moylan just had a shocker. and he's had he's had bad games in defence before, where he's just been spotted up and really attacked. But that's 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 kind of what went. And I understand down.
1: that Keon Kolomotangi and Campbell Graham are both great players, but lots of teams have great right edge back rowers and right centres. Yeah, and so, that's going to be a big problem.
2: Yeah, so like yeah, it was it was again can't panic. Just round one. Let's let's all take it easy. But you know, I, I thought. For the first maybe half hour, I thought this game like it felt it felt like two really good teams going together, and the Sharks just sort of lost their way a little bit after that. And I think Craig Fitzgibbon said something similar after the game, like he feels like they just sort of lost their way and were trying to look for things that maybe weren't quite there and all that sort of thing, you know. So
1: and um, yeah, so now one of Parramatta and Canal is going to be zero and two. Oh wow! That's suddenly a, a tasty little game on Friday night. I tell before. you, mate,
2: ta- tasty doubleheader
1: Friday night, man. Cows Bronx, gotta love that. Yeah should be good um you went to Leichhardt yesterday
2: why <laughs> <laughs> oh god what can man it's i think just, I, nothing th- changes nothing yeah
1: it's, it's a turned into like uh, like a, a shell of himself just by putting on a different jersey <laughs> well, it's, it's like, ridiculous it's Outrageous. um
2: i i I'd, I'd forgotten i'd forgotten what tim sheens was like i'd forgotten about genius and all that and when i saw that he'd benched Happy chorus for his club debut as captain, I was just like, he's back. He's back, man. The mad scientist is back. I thought playing Daniel FitzHenry was bold, but <laughs> I'm glad he did it. Uh it was just um man, yeah, the the, the thing that the thing that would really get me if I was a Tigers fan, was that it just did look so similar to so many of the games they played last year. It was like such a similar pattern, you know. Adam Dewey was, was pretty good when he got the ball, but Luke Brooks just really, really struggled, you know. Like he playing tries Luke, to do too just much. Just playing really time. sideways, not playing with a great temper or anything like that. You know, it's just a just a tough, another tough one for him, and he's had a few of them. It's weird. Like, everyone
1: seems to quite like Luke Brooks. Seems like a nice guy. We're all rooting for him, but it's just, it doesn't really change, does it? Is constantly overplaying his hand. They're constantly just shuffling left, to right, not really doing a whole lot. Mm. And you just wonder, like you thought this might be different under Sheen's. They might
2: be a bit more dynamic with ball in hand. There might be a bit more second phase stuff. But it's just so turgid a lot well, of times. It's a bit like the Bulldogs, where there was so much excitement over the off season, and they've made all these good moves. And there's a real good feeling around mm. the place, and the fan base is excited. Like it was fourteen thousand people there. Yesterday. I mean, the pubs were the pubs were packed from about midday. Like it was a real vibe. It was a real. Real good atmosphere, special atmosphere. And it, before the game started, felt like yeah, this is the start of something. Mm. This is the day it all turns around. When we win, again, when we make the finals again, we'll say it began this day. And then pff, yeah, they just it just happened again. They dropped the ball again in another game that really felt like it mattered. You yeah. know, a, a big day for Melbourne Inga's Titans Raiders Grand Final prediction. Though. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think about them? They were so all right. I, I thought I thought they were good. I think it's really good. Um, Kieran Foran's going to be really good for Dave Fafita, yep. you know, and I, I I really like that. He's just got a no nonsense smart half who just knows how to feed his, knows how to feed his back rower, you know, cause that's something he's not really had for a while now. And I'd really, really like it if they just can keep those guys together on that, on that, on that left edge and give them the chance to build a bit of a combination because I, I think that's the best way to get something out of Fafita. Just give him a little bit of stability, give him the same guys around him and, and you'll be able to really, really put something together. I thought um, T- Tana Boyd was really good for the Titans. Really enjoyed his work over the last sort of 12 months or so. He got that Titans halfback job in the back end of last year. And I thought he was really tidy yesterday. Really like Aaron Shop. I was surprised that Canterbury um, let yeah, him go. We, we did say that. Really season. like how rugged he is. Really like the physicality that he gives them on that right side. So... Stuff to there's plenty of stu- there's plenty of stuff to like about the Titans. Sam Verrill's very sharp out of dummy half. Just a real a real professional a a professional.
1: A great week for my Verrill's is a better hooker than Brandon Smith take. I'm gonna <laughs> hang on to that one for as long as humanly possible. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't uh, end as badly as your
2: Reynolds is better than Kronk take. I think that one ended
1: fine. One of them's still playing in the NRL.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I I thought the Titans would were were just solid, solid enough. Yep. And that's all they had to be, because the Tigers were just constantly in their own way god some of some of the errors were just were just shocking and it was tough because every time they started doing something you could feel the crowd trying to will them into it like yes come on this is it we score here and we'll forget about the bad start We'll forget about all the errors like and we can all start again but then it just never it just kind of never happened you know how many times how many times can you skin a cat how many times can we keep saying? Oh, the Tigers, you know, they had it all... They had it, They seem to have it all together and it's only to, only to fall apart Titans again. Titans could be 2-0. They played Dragons this week, so... No love lost there. No.
1: Oh, mate, look, the turgid Sunday ahead already. Round two is already one for the purest. Tigers, Knights, Titans, Dragons. Well, I'll be, I'll be up at Leichhardt yeah, I'll again. I'll bet you will. I'll <laughs> bet you will. I might, I might come this time. It's depending on how hot it is. It was too hot, I'm not coming. Um, um, let's quickly talk about Thursday night's game because that will happen before we get back together on Friday. Uh, the Grand Old Club heading out to the foot of the mountains to play the team they never beat, the Penrith Panthers. Um... I don't know the status. I mean, we're doing this on Monday before Teamless come out. Um, from what I understand, Totola will, will not play, and Jaira probably won't play. Latrell, I think Latrell Mitchell, sweet. I think
2: AJ, sweet. So, I don't know if they can win this game without those two forwards. That's the thing, I and that's a real shame because I would love to see them go against Penrith, fully mm. loaded. You know, because even if Penrith aren't the destro- aren't the destroyer of worlds anymore. Think they're, they're still they still the big dogs in the competition. They're South still South the North alpha. North they're North still the alpha males, you know. And I think it would be really important for Souths to go in there and rough them up a little bit, just because just because Penrith have you know sort of whooped them a little bit the last few times they've played. Yeah,
1: look, it's a shame those guys aren't playing. I'd probably t- I probably I would probably tip Souths if they were playing. Um, just and, and I think that I'm heartened by how the forwards performed without them on on Saturday. But I think Penrith is a bit of a step up from playing against Cronulla's forward pack. Uh, at least Happy Coruscant can't be the man of the match for like the eighth game in a row <laughs> against us, so that's nice. But um, yeah, backline looks slick. If Latrell plays well, anything's possible. I don't think I don't think they're going to get blown out. Certainly, but I, I think Penrith might eat this one out in a close one.
2: I think so, and I think at some point everything's going to snap together for Penrith. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all the all the all the sort of troubles they had against St Helens and against Brisbane, they'll they'll sort all that out. You know, and every game is getting sort of closer to that point. So it wouldn't surprise me if. Penrith's attack is a lot better. Sonny Luke gets a lot more minutes. Um, I do think it's interesting uh, what they're going to do on that left edge because I don't think Penrith loved what Luke Garner was putting no. down in his first game. And I think they put Jamin Salmon on there in an effort to sort of get a little bit more ball movement out there. And that was the thing that sort of gave me a bit of pause about Luke Garner because he can good lines and all that, but Penrith used Kickout as a passer almost as much as they used him as a runner and yep. that unlocked that entire left-hand Great. side. So... Maybe Salmon can be that guy, I'm not sure. You know, we oh. saw that there was the blow up between him and Lua Yeah, I was gonna ask you about Friday. that really
1: quickly. As the as the representative of the Canberra Raiders fan base. Jaden Salmon, a sworn enemy of the Raiders. <laughs> I
2: think he's Ricky's sworn how? enemy. I don't have a problem what with it. What
1: are him. the compli you must have some complicated feelings towards Jerome Luai right no, now. no I've got I've got nothing against Jaden. That's a
2: that's a Ricky thing, man. That's that's him. That's Where not true. Ricky camera. goes, you go. Oh, sadly. That's sadly that's true. No, like I don't think this is a big deal. No, like, n- neither do I. Like people, teammates fight. Teammates fight, it's fine. It's Seriously, fine.
1: like I, you don't have to play sport at a high level, you just have to have played sport. Yeah, to yeah. Know
2: it's this it's, it's no problem. They lost and that they, they lost and they don't lose much. And there's new guys out there and they're not as up to speed as the old guys were and there's gonna be teething problems and mm-hmm. these are all hyper competitive dudes, you know, and you know, sometimes tempers are gonna fray and guys are gonna yell at each other. It's um, not a it's not a problem, I don't yeah, think.
1: So I I will lock them in, but if, if Arrow and Totola are named and my mail is wrong, then I will change
2: my tip to South. Fair enough.
0: Semi-Ranrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Semi-Ranrandra. Radradra's Radradra away. Oh, wow. Semi-Ranrandra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi-Ranrandra. Oh, he's absolutely big
1: Right, a bit of news before we get out of here, Campo. Um, a lot of people have asked about the Dally M system, how it works, why they changed it, etc. I don't know if it's the best change, but I do slightly prefer it, I think, to the old system. If people aren't aware, it's now two judges per game who are anonymous, each giving 3-2-1. So a player can get as many as six points and as many as six players can get points. So, for example, in the South game, Lachlan Elias got six points because both anonymous voters gave him three points and then three different guys all got two, which means that one guy got two and another guy got two and then the same guy got one each from both voters.
2: It's very Rugby League to announce this midway through the first round. I
1: had no idea this was happening until no. I looked up the other day and yep. it was like, oh, okay.
2: Yeah, uh, look. On On the surface, I agree with you. Expanding the voting pool should make it harder, should eliminate some of the howlers yep. that we see in the, in the voting process that we've seen a lot over the last couple of years. But I don't know if it'll change too much because the pool is still really narrow. It's still just a group of, of ex-players, you know, and we still only get the one perspective on that. I, I, I know the NRL loves the countdown and all that, and you know, but I do think that as time goes on, that system's looking more and more... Okay, obsolete yeah, you know I and I just don't think it really I don't think it really I think it's been proven over the last couple of years that the structures of the award don't really fit anymore and you know they'll. I don't think they'll ever change it I don't think they'll ever go away from from you know the three, two, one, and all that sort of thing but man I don't know I don't know I'm really cynical about the Dalliums these days which sucks because it's something that I really care about I think it's really important um, and it's just something that the NRL has never really done well you know and like you can say you know that it can eliminate the the potential for for bad votes. But then you get something like in the Cowboys-Raiders game. I'm not just saying this because the Raiders. The Cowboys-Raiders game that was decided by one point, not a single Raider got a vote. You yeah. know what I mean? The Brisbane Panthers game, Dylan Edwards got four votes. Dylan Edwards was good. And he was good, but like, I don't know, man. It, it'll, yeah. And it'll take a few weeks for us all to get us head around, you know, how this whole new system works, but... Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, very hopeful. I'm not very high on it. Yeah, um, some suspension news. Way Graham uh, is facing
1: four weeks if unless they get it downgraded from a reckless high tackle. Um, what did you think about this one? I mean, he he jumped and hit someone in the head with he his shoulder. Got him out. in the head. Yeah, can't
2: get him in the head anymore. Um, Jordan
1: Rapana should be in prison, but he's only facing. If
2: he was in prison, he'd break out. That's true. He would shoulder charge his way from behind bars. I mean,
1: I was shocked he didn't get Simbin.
2: Well, I, I I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that originally he wasn't even going to get penalized. That's crazy. When it first happened, like it like he got him and you know got up and played the ball or whatever, and then there was a penalty after that. And I thought it, I thought originally that the penalty was for offside. I thought, man, Jordan has absolutely got away with one year. <laughs> like he should go buy a lottery ticket. But it gives us like a nice segue into talking like into talking one of the other big mm. news points of the week, which is the. Hey, the, the, the concussion the, the furor The kerfuffle oh, I was going to say furor But then I oh, went okay. away from it But yeah Because um, there were a couple of guys Who yeah, so who were tapped by the independent doc Caleb In midway Ponga, three Kandone matches Dags,
1: Jacob Carraz Seb Chris
2: Corey Adler and Naira yeah. as well And a couple of the coaches Were not happy Ricky Stewart In, part- well, in particular <laughs> Ricky gentle, said, gentle Ricky Was Ricky not happy said
1: Do you think I'd let a player go out there If they were concussed And I went
2: no, see, I, I understand where he's coming from. And he sort of echoed Wayne Bennett's comments from, from the day before, right? I, I don't think that they would knowingly send a player out there if he was concussed and groggy and like fallen all over the place or whatever. And Ricky said the coach, the, the RLP and the NRL don't trust the coaches, right? I think my, my answer to that would be, Ricky Stewart, do you trust every other coach that you ever coached against? I know Ricky wouldn't do it, and I know Wayne wouldn't do it, because you don't last twenty years at the top level as a coach in this game if you don't look after your players and if you don't have their best interest I think at there's heart. Absolutely, coaches that would do it. Well, yeah, that that's the thing. That's the are. thing. Of course there is, because like again, this is a hyper competitive environment. Winning and losing can be the difference between your livelihood. It can be the difference in in, in changing your entire life. You know, you're going to tell me that there's not a coach out there who would say to a guy, "Mate, how you feeling?" And the players always going to say yes. A player's never going to say, yeah, man, I'm concussed. I've got to think about my future and about, you know, whether I'll have CTE and whether I can remember my own name when I'm 50. No, they're all going to want to play. They're all going to want to play, you know? And, you know, you can, a coach can say, oh, yeah, I'll pull him off if he's concussed. All right, but if it costs you a game or it costs you a season or it costs you a premiership, yeah, are you going to do it, you know? Yeah, and you look back like – even back to the twenty fourteen Grand Final, if they had independent doctors,
1: Sam Burgess gets pulled off in that 100%. game after a minute and doesn't 100%. play. And is that right? Yes. Would I have appreciated it at the time? I'd be no. Of course I wouldn't. I would have been. I would have been devastated. And yeah, he would so, have been devastated. So, so I, th- it's I think a complicated issue. It, it really it, it is. is.
2: It is. But I think the important thing is like the league's got to be serious about concussion. Yeah. And part of being serious about concussion is having independent doctors spotting guys. I would like to see the independent doctors at the ground rather than in the bunker. Yep, I agree with that. Like they're doing it at the bunker now and I just don't think that's... I don't know. I don't know how you can diagnose something from a thousand miles away or whatever. Not at all. Like I, 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 and I think it's important to take the pressure off the club doctors and the club medical staff and all of that. Um, and so I would like to see the system change a little bit, but I know it sucks for the Knights that they lost Ponga for 15 minutes. I know it sucks for the Raiders that they lost you guys for 15 minutes. I know it sucks that they lost Karaz at the Bulldogs or whatever, but either you're serious about concussion and you have to be serious about it or you're not you yep. know I absolutely agree alright um, before we get out of here a quick thank you to those people on
1: our Patreon patreon.com forward slash anaerobic rookies if you'd like to support the show you get access to our discord server our priority uh, uh, question time and also access to our question time podcast every week so it's a third show per week if you support us patreon.com forward slash anaerobic rookies and a quick shout out to those people in the top two tiers of our subscription service fine handsome people every one of them the handsomest they are my best friends absolutely um all right campo we will be back uh, on friday with the preview show and the wrap up from thursday hopefully sydney talking about a famous south sydney victory but until then everyone it is goodbye say goodbye campo fins up baby and it's goodbye from me.